Abba Yahweh, thank you for the stirring, the desire to share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to anyone that would hear it, listen to it, and heed your truth. Seek your face in the word, Father. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman. Parakletos, Aman. So, I'm sharing a double today. Uh, I've been thinking about this and been wandering through this in and out and seeing some things and hearing things. And there sure seems to be an awful lot of something going on out in nature, in the natural world, outside of this plane of existence that you and I walk in and that we think that we're in control of. But if you look out beyond the cities, beyond the villages, beyond the freeways and the highways, and you look out where God tells us to look, there are things that are going on. And I'm seeing more and more and more reports of this sort of thing. And more and more people are trying to take pictures of this or they describe it and they don't have pictures because they can't capture it on film or if they're trying to be a videographer and they're using their phone, they can't get it. But I've shared this before and I'm going to share it again because the more I hear and see of this, the more it piques my interest and the more the Holy Spirit and I have conversation about it. And he's already given me the answer, and I already know the answer, but I'm just putting a poser out there for you. Where, anywhere in the Bible that you can find it and tell me, and don't take the verses out of context, you got to use them in context. So if you're going to try to show something to me or share something with me, make sure it's contextual. That means that you're not going to take one or two verses from somewhere and try to apply it for something else without context around it and building that foundation so it works. So, signs and wonders. What does that mean to us? What does that mean to you? I know what it means to me because I already know that when the trumpets sound that there are going to be certain things that are going to take place as directed by the Lord God Almighty before Jesus comes back, as he promised to do. There will be certain things that will take place. But signs and wonders, there will be signs and wonders. What does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to see monsters, comets, and meteors flying through space and crashing into the earth and colliding out there and, and explosions of those things going on or that the sun is going to rotate counterwise and flow backwards and that the oceans are going to recede so deeply that you can walk out for a time or anything like that. Are these signs and wonders going to be so fantastical? The signs and wonders that I'm seeing take place are fantastical to me already because the way I grew up and the environment that I moved around in and when I was out in the wilds and I was living in the mountains and I walked with the bears and the mountain lions and did all that stuff up there in the sanctuaries and had to do my thing with them, I saw signs and wonders. I know of signs and wonders, things that you don't normally see. And especially when you have other species of creatures that are normally supposed to attack and feed and devour 
these other creatures and that they are actually nursing the young and taking them in and basically adopting them and taking them as their own offspring and seeing them protect them like they would their own. And we're talking about a totally different species of animal, something that is normally, whatever that means, is a food item, but yet they're protecting this creature. They took it into their own and they're raising it like their own. They sleep with it. They protect it. They make sure to feed it in a nursing. And then you have, I've shared this one with you before, the marine biologist who studied years and years and he's also a diver. And he had a, forget how big she was now, I want to make sure I get this correctly, 12 feet. Anyway, she was very large. This was a female tiger shark. Uh, some of you may or may not know, but uh, tiger sharks are actually responsible for more attacks on human beings in the ocean and out in the wilds than great white sharks. And actually, great white sharks don't just attack human beings to attack and get something to eat, they're fairly particular. They tend to be, but they just don't come in. Now, tiger sharks, on the other hand, they have been known to just swim at a, a, a person on a board or swim right at them and attack. That's actually been documented. So this female tiger shark, she's about 12 years old. 12 feet long, I, I can't remember. I got it, I'll find the article again, but she's a very large, full-grown female tiger shark. And she comes and she finds this diver and then he responds to her with gentle touching and he actually finds that she's got hook stuck. And he removes it carefully and he's got to be in a position where Part of his arm is in her mouth, filled with razor-sharp teeth that could sever his arm and take it from his body. But he removes the hook. Now, that's not, perhaps not so profound or so interesting. To some it might be, to some maybe not. But here's the profound and interesting thing that I find that is a, a sign and a wonder because knowing what I know about tiger sharks, and for 14 years, that's a long time, 14 years, this tiger shark made a point to find this guy wherever he was diving, if he was with another diving party or whatever, he would come and find him, she would come and find him, wherever he was diving, on the reefs that were nearby or no telling where she came from, but she would come and find him. And when she approached, the other divers would get upset and nervous and she came right to him. She swam right at him and he would put his hand out and touch her snout and the touch and everything that confirmation that sharks will need was done and she stayed with him. She just stayed, she would roll over on her back like a kitten needing a tummy rub or your dog needing a tummy rub and she would just stay with him and she'd swim out and she'd swim back. She'd swim out and she'd swim back and after a while, off she swam into the murky water. She'd get far enough away, then she'd just disappear. 
But the other interesting part is that no other sharks would come around and bother any of them, those that were with him. And I've seen several of these instances where this man was taking and, and producing documentation of this sort of thing. See, to me, that's profound wonder because I know what the nature of that shark is normal and that she came and what some of you may or may not know, know is that sharks have um, sensors that run up and down their body. And they're not quite sure. Marine biologists claim that it's something they can pick up electrical statics in the water or some kind of signal. And what I've also seen that was kind of a wonderment is that a maker of a protective shark cage, there were no bars or anything on it, but it, there were magnets, just cords, and they had magnets dragging. And they had tiger sharks and some great whites, and they had others dangerous creatures that were coming to the cage and they would come up close and then they would dart away because the magnets disrupted the signaling on their body. They didn't like it. And they'd dart away and they'd come back. They never pushed in through the cords that had the magnets on them. And yet they've been known to ram shark cages. They have been known to uh, special formulated water sleds. They have been known to launch into it and break it. Um, so for me, when I'm talking about these sort of things, those are signs and wonders to me. And when you go out in the nature, in the wild, and you see these other creatures that are nursing and caring for others that are not theirs in their species, I find that very interesting. And where they show kindness to hum homo sapiens, which is not normal, but they do. I find that very fascinating. I find that a sign of wonderment. So these things that take place in the heavens, in the seas, and in the wild around us, is it something really cataclysmic, like a mountain exploding? Wild comets and meteors flying around, flares of the, of the sun and all these things. Now, granted, there are going to be signs and wonderments that are going to come and be told at each trumpet. And there will be something really pretty catastrophic going to take place that we've been told of. But signs and wonders. And even more so, so... I'm going to share something that Jesus spoke of. This is our Lord Jesus, only begotten Son of God, who speaks these things, which he also did in Matthew. But if we go to Luke 21, and he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in to their two mites which means casting tither, casting also. She put in two mites, that's all she had. And he said, of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have their abundance and cast into the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living she had. She gave everything she possibly had to put in. 
And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, as for those things which we behold, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Well, what's Jesus talking about here? You have to understand that he is not, he's not talking about the building itself and the body of Christ is the church. So you have to be able to take this analogy that Jesus gives us quite often. And what he's talking about is that time will come, and he also tells us about this, that we are going to be taken prisoner. They're going to be very destructive of the church body. They're going to disrupt not only the building, and they're going to try to destroy and burn it, but the church body itself. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not yet by and by. Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. So when they come to lay their hands on you for these things, don't sit there and wonder what you're going to tell them. What that does, it draws you into a trap and a snare. You pray, pray fervently, prayerfully. Stay in prayer to God. Wait and listen for the Holy Spirit, for the word shall be delivered what you should speak. If you sit and you try to figure out what you're going to do and what you're going to say, you're going to fall you're going to fall into your own idea and your own thought process and figure out what you're going to tell them. It's not for you. If you're speaking in righteousness, you're being bold and courageous and upright for the Lord God, it doesn't matter. Remember, Daniel was thrown into the den of the lions. The Lord sealed the mouths of the lions and held them at bay. And when Hananiah, Mishael, and Hanzariah were thrown into the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar leaned forward on his throne and he said, did we not put three men into the furnace? Then why is it that I see four? And he is like unto the son of God. Do not fret and worry what you're going to tell these people because you want to get out and you want to get let go. Paul, 90% of the time that he was writing his letters and his portion of the gospel, the New Testament, and his writings, 
90% of that was while he was in prison. He was either in house arrest, he was in chains, or he was in prison. And the last letters that he wrote, he was getting ready to die, and he knew he was. Further again, verse 14, settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. He will give you the truth, only the truth, and it will come from you, and they cannot gain an upper hand or gainsay. They won't be able to they won't be able to say anything against it because it is truth. And they can't resist because the empirical evidence of that laid out in the truth, the word of God, will be too much. It can't be dismissed. And ye shall be betrayed by both, both by parents and brethren and kinfolk and friends, and some ye shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. Remember, there's a difference between death and perishing. Perishing is that you will spend eternity separated apart from God and your loved ones. But he tells us, there shall not be a hair of your head shall perish because you are his. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus came for you, you have faith in God and follow the Holy Spirit. You shall not perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed by armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now I'm going to interchange something here. Holy Spirit tells me it's okay. And when you shall see the nation compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. In this word, Luke is writing about Jerusalem, the capital city of the nation of Israel. And I interchange this here because it fits. And when ye shall see the nation compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Thank you, Father. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And nation shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. What Luke is talking about and being taught that Jesus is teaching is that those that are not believers, remember there's a difference between um, 
the chosen and talk, Paul talks about the covenant a lot and the circumcision. And when he talks about it, he's, uh, it's, that's an analogy. That's a covenant that's made between the believers and God is like the uh, circumcision that was a covenant back in the time of Abraham. And that covenant was made between he and God and it would be throughout the nation afterward. And there be, shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Men are not going to understand what is going on. So what they are doing is they're looking for the soothsayers, tarot readers, the ma magicians. They're looking for all these things that will give them the answers. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They're trying to get answers, but they're not going to the place that they should get the answer from. The word of God tells us, seek ye that from God only and don't go to mammon for that thing that you should be getting from him. But men and women do that. They go to the soothsayer. They go to the self-help gurus. And they go to those individuals that are going to tell them, well, you can do it on your own. You can be whatever you want to be. You don't need anyone's help for anything. If you can't get help from anyone, just stand on your own and do it by yourself. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not good teaching. There's one place that you must go to and you should go to before, during, and after. Pray. Pray to God. Thank God. Praise God in prayer. Further reading. Verse 26, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They want answers from someone. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, you see, you see and know your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see these things coming to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So what is Jesus telling us? He's telling us, as he was telling the disciples there, trying to speak, He's speaking parabolically, but when you see certain things that blossom and you see certain things that are a certain way, you know that a season is changing and you know that something is about to take place. We know that. Or those of us that have learned about it and pay attention to anything out there, 
we know that something is changing. So what he is also reminding us is likewise, when we see these signs and these wonders and these things that are taking place that he has told us about, that the prophets have told us about, that Jesus told us about, that it shall be in the time of Noah before the return of the Son of Man. Don't get all worried about it. Don't get your knickers in a twist and don't get all fearful. It might be a little frightening, but we know that something's coming and it's not doom and gloom as so many like to talk about. Oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. My, 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 we're a, we're a, we're a, really? No, it's not. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away until it be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Remember, John wrote about this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Take heed to yourselves, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of the life, and so that day cometh you unawares. What does he mean? He means don't be carousing and carrying on like the prodigal son, going out and he spent that money any which way he was wanted. He was frolicking, cavorting, he was having orgies and getting drunk all the time and spent through everything he had. Don't go out and be carousing and gambling and don't be so drunk that you pass out and you have nothing and then all of a sudden you get up and you look around and the neighbors are gone. The streets are empty. There's cars parked all sorts of strange places in the road and there's nobody driving around them. You might see a person here and there, but there's an awful lot of people that are gone. Don't let that time come and take you unaware. Brother Billy Graham this is not my home. I'm only passing through. Further, verse 35, For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man and declare that he is Lord of Lord, King of Kings, my Lord, my Savior. And in the day time he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple to hear him. So he taught in the temple, and he re returned to the garden so he could be with his father. So there's another that I want to share.
And that's another important scripture. Where are we going here? We're in Acts 2. Actually, I'm going to read, I'm going to read the whole thing. Read Acts 2 period. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rush of mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were, were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as a spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. For every nation that they knew of at that time had come to Jerusalem. It was a very prominent city. A lot of festivals and things took place there. But they all came and they were all in the temple. And they were amazed now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own tongue. Nobody translating to them. They were just speaking. Now, to others, it sounds like gibberish. And I've actually heard church members declare it that. Well, that's fine. If you don't want to believe that the Holy Spirit is capable, that's your choice. But you better talk to God about that. I shared with you already that time that my mother, she used to be, my mother never took language classes. She never finished high school. She never got her high school diploma. She was a depression-era child. But yet, on this one night in church, she spoke fluent Filipino, a dialect that was not common to every Filipino. But this young man that was in the church, he understood everything that she was saying, and it was meant for him. And later he apologized to the pastor. I've shared this with you before. Because there was not a translation, but God allowed the utterance to take place because it was meant for somebody. Might not have been meant for everybody else, but that young man was there for a reason. My mother spoke that because it was meant for him. And he shared that with the pastor. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Portus and Asia, <coughs> pardon me, Phygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, ah, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is 
that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those last days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted in heaven, received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said to himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and all the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that ye shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and of your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. The day that gladly received this word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls.
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily for one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and signalness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as would be saved. There is coming a time, brothers and sisters, we're going to see a lot of things, a lot of things that are even stranger than those that are going on now. I see things out here that my heart gets troubled with. I never thought I'd ever see around, but you know, at the same time, there's fear, but I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be fearful because when you become fearful, that allows the devil to come in and get you stirred into the wrong direction. It gets you going the wrong way. Brothers and sisters, just accept Jesus as the only begotten son of God. He came for us. He died for me, he died for you, and he was thinking about us when he came. He is the Lamb of God, sacrificed for our sake. Accept and know that this is true. Have faith in God. Be tempered by the Spirit, and the leading of the Holy Spirit will temper our faith. There will things that will come, that things are gonna happen but it tempers your faith, temper your resolve, and keep moving and pressing forward. We're going to heaven. Everything's going to be made new. Everything will be made new. I shared some things a little earlier. When God says certain things, it's exactly what he means and that there are those individuals that try to change it around. So when God says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, does that mean that black lives matter more than white lives or that white lives matter more than black lives or more than uh, Asians, uh, Latinos, and all that, or that there is one particular ethnicity that is higher above anybody else. No, it doesn't mean that at all. John 3.16 is exactly what God said, exactly how he meant to say it, and it means nothing else. So those of you out there that push this derisive attitude, pray about it. I pray over you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, what does that mean? That means anybody, anybody, anybody can come and say, Father God, forgive me. Jesus, come in and change my heart. I believe, I believe it's true. I want to have faith in you, God. I want you, Holy Spirit, to lead and guide me, teach me, clarify Help me understand. God said it that way and he meant it that way. Didn't mean that any one person is above anyone else. I've shared this with you 
on numerous other occasions that God is a respecter of no man or woman. He puts no precedence one over the other. He calls us all to be the same, but in the in the heart, he might decide that one could speak a little bit better than someone else, and he has done that, but it doesn't mean that they have a precedence over you or anyone else. They're called the same as you are, the same as I am. Let's go back farther in the Old Testament, shall we, when Moses first met God at the burning bush. First there was an angel, and then God showed up. And he said, Moses, I want you to go back to Israel. I want you to go back to Egypt. Got to go back. And then all of a sudden, Moses had a conniption fit. Well, I, 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 I choked some guy out there and I buried him. And then I was seen by, oh, man. And he turned away when he was saying that, but God already knew that he'd done it. Well, you know, God, I have this, I have a cleft palate. I, I have a lisp. I have a, I have my ankle turned. I don't walk right. I, I this and that and the other thing. And he started running down this whole list of things that he couldn't do. There was a possibly a judicial pause. And then God said, that's okay, Moses. I have a solution because after all, I am that I am the creator of all things. I have a solution. All you have to do, Moses, is carry the stick. Kind of a big stick. And with your bum foot, you can use it to support you in the walk. It's going to be a long hike. And you can use that stick. That's all you have to do. Aaron is a much eloquent speaker, and he's also your brother. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Aaron come and speak for you, and you just tell him to do what I tell you to do, and it has to be exactly the way I tell you, or I'm going to get upset. And then you just do with that stick what I tell you to do, and that's all you got to do. That's all you've got to do. And then at the very end, I'm going to give you the, I got, you got the big finish, Moses. I'm saving the big finish for you. Let my people go. Saith, I am that I am. That's all you got to do. Just tell them. Carry my stick. So brother and sister, you might have a whole litany of things that you don't feel like you can do that God doesn't call you to do or that God's made some kind of an oversight. No, he hasn't. God is a respecter of no man or woman. He does not care what you own, what you possess, how you dress, or how you smell. The only thing that he cares about is the character of your heart. Is the character of your heart how it should be. That's it. That's all that matters. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. God takes care of us. And he provides what we need. Might not be what we want or the way we think it should be, but God knows best. An old TV show when I was little. Father knows best. Yes, he does. Heavenly Father knows best. Always. Brothers and sisters, you hear my prayers? Am I going out? Am I coming in? Be strong. Be bold. Be upright and courageous and seek the truth. 
Don't accept the lies and the panderings of mammon. Seek ye first the truth in the word. Look for him. He'll be found.